going deep. I feel like Kalo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a three-peat. I don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones or a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you courtside. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. Thank you so much, Capital. It is the Going Deep podcast, and we're going to go deep on all things, but it's been too long. We have to have a friend, brother, uh, colleague, teammate, uh, Shem from Kiss92.5 back. Thank you for making the time. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, always. Well, I, I have you because I need you to make sense of things for me. Okay. Sometimes I'm just in my feelings about the Raptors, and that could be the Aren't case now. Yeah. But uh, why can't we just have nice things? Why can't the pop star that everyone I thought loved and was like helping the economy in various places that like her worst sin was that she only wears red lipstick and she fakes surprise when she wins all the awards. Like those were the bad things. Now it's like controversial that she goes to football games and cheers on her, her boyfriend. Um, Like the Taylor Swift Effect on the NFL is real, yet there is real pushback. I'm going to play you some sound, but your initial reaction to people's reaction to the NFL Swift experience is what? I think the reaction is hilarious, quite honestly. I think Taylor Swift is, when you think about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey for a second, right? Think about what they represent. Travis Kelsey plays on the Chiefs, which is, you know, the the, the name, not great, right? Uh, Taylor Swift is a white American, America's sweetheart, plays country music, super safe. You would think that the people who are angry and outraged by her would love her, would love the two of them together. They're perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect representation of what a lot of them represent. And yet they hate them. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I don't, I don't get it. He is, he's a tight end Yeah, from what has been at times a red state. He's drinking, you know, bush beer at the parade. Totally. Screaming Beastie Boy lyrics when he wins. Like, isn't this, like, made for you? This is not like, you know, Colin Kaepernick is dating Dua Lipa. You know what I mean? Like, where you you could see the culture war coming. Like, this would be a layup. But the most outraged would be, like, the conservative news. Like so, it is now because everything is in the United States uh, become political. Here is um, a compilation of Fox News hosts trying to reconcile with Taylor Swift being a character in the NFL story. We have had enough of Taylor Swift for now. She shouldn't be liberal. She should be a total conservative, given what, given everything. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. Yesterday, she flew private from New York City to Baltimore. Yet she constantly talks about climate change. So just please don't believe everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. I think she should just stick to her singing and let her love life be what it is. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. A new poll shows 18% of voters are likely to vote for whichever candidate Taylor Swift endorses. Uh-oh. Biden effectively has Taylor Swift as his VP. A single post of hers led to 35,000 new registrants. That's arguably more power than the president. She's sharing links. 
and her boyfriend, Travis Kelty, sponsored by Pfizer. And what's her stance on policy, economic <laughs> policy, foreign policy? Should I don't think that. I don't think that'll be. Uh... So don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. Okay, I heard fear. <laughs> That's what I heard. Did you not hear fear? I heard. I heard nonsense. Like it, it, an actual newsroom of adults, <laughs> professionals yeah. with degrees. Yeah. Set a lineup, decided what they were going to talk about, and those were the things that they came up with. Yeah, they're terrified. Taylor Swift reaches everybody, right? She she really is sort of the perfect political tool. If 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 you really believe the conspiracy theory that she's being used that way, she's the perfect tool. She reaches all demographics. She's heard everywhere. So she's now bled into what is you know predominantly a very male dominated uh, avenue in sport in in the NFL. She's everywhere. And I think what you heard is a compilation of people who are a little bit scared that, you know, Taylor and her Swifty army are going to mo- are going to, you know, mobilize enough voters and knock their guy out, which is crazy when you think about it. It is crazy, but like, it's not that crazy when you think of her demo mm-hmm. and its age and the fact that every year, you know, X million of them are able to vote. Right. So so if you times that by four from, you know, the last election to to this one, you know, uh, the army that she could, I guess, theoretically build is akin to the one the other uh, famous person whose name starts with T Trump uh, uh, built. But yet, like, it's not as if she's actively at NFL games Right, like with a, a Biden T-shirt on. It's very similar to when Obama was running first. What was that? 2000, 2008, right? 2008. Yeah. And sort of mobilized, uh, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z and sort of the hip-hop community. And, you know, and they sort of mobilized voters and got them together. This is this is similar, but you're right. To your point, Taylor is not actively saying, hey, everybody, go out and vote for Joe Biden. Don't vote for Donald Trump. But I think, what I, as I said before... They're scared of that. They're scared of exactly that happening. Here's the other part of the conversation. Just give me my football. D- don't show her. Don't, I don't want to see her in the box. I don't want to see Andy Reid pointing to her. I don't want to see in the algorithm take over. And it's a bunch of videos of her and Donna Kelsey and her and Travis kissing. Like, just give me my football. The, a football game is, you know, in your guide, three and a half hours long. Yep. The actual amount of play is 18 minutes. Like it's, 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 it's basically just like, you know, three seconds and then a whistle on average this year, Taylor Swift has been shown during chiefs games that she has attended for 25 seconds <laughs> for the whole three hour game, 25 seconds. Oh my God. And like, stressing. it's almost as if like they're embarrassed to show it's like, Hey, there's Taylor. Watch the Grammys. Okay. Back to the action. Cause we don't want to get crushed. If we're talking about someone who's been related to Travis, who's been shown during football games, his brother with no shirt on was yeah. shown more than she was. Yeah. During, during the, during that game. Insane. Yeah. I love it though. Again, I think, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's funny that all the Brad's and Chad's get all upset when, when Taylor is, is shown on screen or they, or, you know, somebody will post something, a picture of the two of them on social media and they all get angry. I, I think, I think it's great. I'm all for it. Like immediately I saw full videos with captions of exactly what she said and did minute by minute from the confetti coming down to her on the floor. I immediately saw flight plans in terms of how she could get from Tokyo yeah. to Las Vegas with enough time. 
we had airlines change the flight numbers yeah. to match, uh, you know, years that mean something to her in her albums. I, I wouldn't be mad if Roger Goodell just called an audible like, Usher, I know you got the Vegas. Oh, thing. no. I know you got residency. No, but, you can't but, do but that. But this is a Swifty affair. <laughs> you can't do that to Usher. Why not? You can't do that, man. You want to see it? Tell- That's another story. I, I don't want to see nah, it. Nah, I, nah. I, I want to see the reaction. I, 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 myself, Daniel Michaud and, and Faisal Kamisa, you know, we hosted a show called This Week in 30. Our, our tagline was, we love petty. Yes. And I, I just love, I just would love for people to be in their feelings. But I'm actually surprised in the response to Usher is, and I don't know about you, when you watch the trailer, I was like, man, this guy's got a lot of hits. And a lot of people, Usher, they're just been like, meh. I'm like, wait, wait, like, let's not get spoiled. Because we had Rihanna, and then we had Eminem and Dr. Dre and sure. 50 and Kendrick. For a long time, the Super Bowl halftime was for, like, not even, I was going to say our parents, but not our parents. No, other people's know. parents. Totally. Usher has hits, right? Hits for days. Do those hits translate well on the Super Bowl stage? That's going to be the challenge, right? Like, I'm thinking of his upbeat records. Yeah, caught up. Um, I can't even think. Oh of my god! Oh my god! Right, but a lot of his hits are, are ballads, real, Ooh, you know, R and B records. I don't know if it's going to hit the exact same when you're doing the Super Bowl halftime show. That's interesting. But he's got hits though. He's These are hits. my confessions in a stadium. Like, how does that play? Right? Weird. A little weird. Very true. Yeah, we'll see. What are you looking forward to most uh, when we look at the Super Bowl? Whether it's the matchup, whether it's the celebrity angle whether it's the vegas angle what piques your interest i'm curious to see what the conversation happens if patrick mahomes can win another super bowl does he i mean people already you know refer to him as the goat or at least you know the junior goat next to tom brady does he finally surpass tom brady in that discussion i mean he's what he's in his sixth year seventh year and sixth year and he's been in how many super bowls now like i mean the, the man, the man's been dominant. Four, yeah, this week's right? fourth. He's been dominant. So maybe not. He, he won't win as many as Tom after this, after this, uh, after this game. Uh, but I'm really curious to see the conversation around that. I'm a little disappointed that my Eagles, Eagles didn't win, but that, that that's okay. So we'll see. For me, he is this era's, and at the age of 28, 14 and three in the playoffs, which is just wild. Like against the best teams, he puts up what would be an outstanding regular season record. Yeah. He is this era's Jordan. He's this era's Beyonce or Taylor Swift. And I say that by meaning there's, it's just foggy when we look back as to like who else was playing at that time. Cause everyone yeah. else was playing for second. Jordan, Charles Barkley, Sean Kemp, Patrick Ewing, all of these other great players. I'm like, yeah, you're a hall of famer. Like, you're championship worthy. You just happen to be born at the wrong time. Yeah, in the wrong era. In the Patrick Mahomes era. Right. And and, and it's even more amazing when you consider what the conversation was like mid-season with the Chiefs, right? They weren't talking Super Bowl. They were struggling big time, you know, not no, no longer having Tyreek Hill on that team. Uh, sort of a bit of an unreliable receiving core. Defense was always good. You know, Travis Kelsey, you know, another great season. Uh, but running game, mm, Dude, wide receivers, uh, right? Mm, Master P, make him say, uh, yeah. like, no, not, <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. like, this, this was the first Destiny's Child. 
Yes. Like where I guess, you know, Travis is Kelly Rowland, but we had to we had to switch up some things. We need a Michelle. Yeah. And and I guess the Michelle was that defense. Sure. Uh which came along, but yeah, now he's just he's just inevitable. He really is. And and when you consider what the AFC is going to look like over the next couple of years with Lamar and Joe Burrow and maybe Tua Tagovailoa, who knows? Yeah. You know, a lot, lot of competition. Herbert was a new coach. CJ Stroud, nice right. and young oh, in the conversation. Yeah, a lot of competition in the AFC. Yeah, but but he's already got a couple of those things, and he's going for next one. Listen, uh, thank you, appreciate you. Um, what do you got uh, coming up? I mean, you're always working on a, a monthly recap that that yes. never sleeps, never stops. But what do you got coming up that we should be looking out for? Uh, well. Honestly, uh, I've got more musical-related things coming up Ooh. this month, especially uh, coming up being Black History Month. Uh, so last year, did a song, did really, really well, went viral, got another something, got something else coming up. I'm really excited about that. And of course, just more monthly recaps, man. This is year three of doing them, which is crazy. Just dropped the 25th one uh, in a <laughs> row, which is nuts, uh, but lots of fun, lots of support. Appreciate people like yourself who always supports them. Uh, yeah, so just lots more creative stuff coming up. He is the Patrick Mahomes of RSM. He is inevitable, <laughs> always working uh, at Shem, where you can find him. Uh, but miss him if you're going to come at him to complain about Taylor Swift because he's yeah. not having No, nah, I love the mess. I'm with you, bro. Thanks so much to Shem. Always good to catch up with uh, my homie and Roger Sports and Media teammate. He does a great job at KISS. So make sure you are listening every morning to Roz and Mocha and Shem. Speaking of people I am fond of naturally, I'm fond of our next guest for multiple reasons. One, he is a Dallas Cowboy, and I am a longtime suffering but diehard Cowboys fan. But he's also a Canadian who's done big things in football and has brought him to the NFL, the pride of Ottawa, Neville Gallimore. And I wanted to catch up with him how he is viewing this Super Bowl matchup, one, because he fully expected to be in it, two, because it is a real intriguing matchup from an X and O standpoint. And lastly, the area in and around Ottawa is steadily producing so many great football players. We've seen it not only in the NFL, we've seen it CFL in youth sports and that pipeline is strong. So I want to figure out what's going on in the nation's capital. Defensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, Neville Gallimore. Let's go deep. Neville, thank you so much for taking the time and congrats on all the success, uh, you know, uh, as, as a Cowboys fan, I, I just want to hug you and kind of talk it out and maybe have some group therapy. But um, the, the, talk to me about what this season was like for you, you know, both personally and then you know, obviously professionally for the squad. Um, I, I feel like it was, again, man, it was still a year of growth. Um, just, it, it's funny because I'll say personally, you know, as a competitor, you know, love of the game, obviously you, you want to, the goal is to go all the way. You know, the, the goal is to, to make it to the last dance and, and the win. But I think what, what hurt the most is we've grown so many, we've grown so much as a unit, you know, just individually as guys, as players. And I feel like what we were fighting for really even that second half of the season, you know, the, the, the nature of the business is that, you know, the teams are going to be different every year in some way you know, shape or form. And I think we were grinding for, we were just grinding to stay together to keep that brotherhood alive as live as much as possible. So, you know, when 
that didn't happen. I think even apart from not being able to go to the Super Bowl, it was it was knowing that, like, you know, hey, like, at least being in the building together, that time was cut. Yeah, and you talk about that, the brotherhood in that group. You know, now what comes with success, like you had, you know, as a team is defensively, is you lose some people and you lose your coordinator as uh, Dan Quinn staying in the division, going to Washington. What's it like playing for him? Because, you know, as a fellow Jamaican, like our parents, like if you can't hear, you go on field. Like we get like some tough talks, some tough times. Dan Quinn seems like he's loving you all the time. He's hugging you all the time. What's it like to play for someone who is so energetic and emotional? So if, if you know coming from a Jamaica household, also when you when you do right and you know you, you take advantage of opportunities, I, I still find that you know the love is still shown, you know, as as needed. So I feel like with dance, it's so easy to play for him because you know he brings the best out of you. You know, like when you when you play for DQ, like you know, I think as a coach you should never have to do, but it's never a conversation about you know, the effort, you know, the guy's not wanting. Like, you could tell, like, it, with, D, with DQ, you know, he kind of really exposes those. If you really love football, it's going to be a fun process in anything you do. But if you don't, you know, it can be tough. So I feel like you, you see that all the time because, you know, the mindset, everybody comes in, he makes it a great working environment. He makes it extremely competitive. He makes it on those days where, you know, you're dragging, your, your body kind of hurts. You know, things aren't going your way. He, he just kind of provides that that sense of understanding, but also making you want to work that much harder. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that's the person, you know, for the past three years he was here, man, I loved him. He did nothing but spoke life into players and really bring out a lot of confidence in, in great players who just needed to hear that, you know. But he's a man that works extremely hard on and off the field, man. Just And this is just for me looking at and seeing him like he he's a guy I'm sure like I don't know too many coaches that uh, that are willing to come in and be a part of the drill and you know uh, get off the ball and do certain things like he he always wants to he, he a player's coach like you know I love him for that love to hear it the other aspect of coming from a Jamaican household is uh it is a sin if you don't eat uh if you don't if you come over uh, and, and you don't eat what is offered. Um, and basically, you could basically put hot sauce on everything, uh, which is why it makes sense for you to collaborate with Frank's Red Hot. You know, talk to me about you know what that collab is like for you, and, and what some of your your go to eats are nowadays. I, I think it's I think it's love, man. I, I love I work with Frank's Red Hot. It's funny you ask. I had some wings last night, and and, and you know you know I had to dabble. I just dabbled. I probably poured that Frank's Red Hot, you know, on there. It just hits a little different. You know, like you said, it's just us, us Jamaicans, that, that spice is everything, right? That heat. It tastes better. Any food tastes better. got that kick on it. But that, put that Frank's Red Hot, you know, they, they have poutine here. You know, they got it at Moxie's. Moxie's trying to do a little something. So shout out to Moxie's here. Um, So, you know, I put the Frank's Red Hot on that poutine. I, I put Frank's Red Hot on on pizza, hey man, like you <laughs> might surprise depending on what I feel. I might put some Frank's Red on some vanilla ice cream, man. Who knows? <laughs> you feel me? I love it. You're gonna need your own signature ice cream if you go there. Cause yeah, my mom, if she comes over to my house and I don't have uh hot sauce, and that hot sauce is not proper, 
She'll feel a type of way. I will be judged. So I love that you're leading, uh, making sure that we all know and are educated. And mixing up the, the Ottawa, you know, and the Jamaican with the, with the Frank's Red Hot on the poutine um, is, a, is, a, is a look. Have you tried it? I have not. It sounds like I should. Sorry, I almost, I almost like veered off track like we was talking, like just the homie just says, but yo, fam. <laughs> yes. That Frank's Red Sauce on that, that, that classic poutine. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. We, we, we learned it together. We, we heard it here first, me and my audience. Okay, but you, you talk about the, the homies, man. Dude, what's going on in Ottawa with all of the men them on various levels? Obviously, you're doing your thing in the NFL, but you're not alone. You know, Curly Giddens Jr., like, blowing up, killing it in the yes. CFL. Like, every year, like, in, in every draft... Uh, and in every kind of recruiting ranking, there are like waves of people coming out of Ottawa. What, what's going on in, in the nation's capital? I think, you know, you know, again, I, I'm just happy to be, you know, a part of it. But man, we, Jesse Luketa, that's, that's my bro, man. We, we play, he played Cumberland Panthers, you know, Canterbury Mustang. We grew up together. You, you got Luigi Valet, you know, you got Jonathan Sunderland, you got, Eli ain't cool, you know what I'm saying? You you got just a plethora of guys, which you, you love to see it, man. I feel like even amongst Canada, which I don't know, I forget what I'm having this conversation with. It. It's so interesting because even amongst Canada, I don't even want to say our city is a powerhouse of football, but we got so much talent. So to see that start to unfold and start to get the recognition and, and really just kids knowing that, hey, man, if I love the game and I can show it and I got a passion for it and I got the ability – you know, there's opportunity for yourself. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to even the ones that I've missed. Those are even D1 right now that are just taking full advantage, man, because it's like myself. I think what we're all doing is great, man, is we're, we're putting the city on the map. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, especially, you know, from Ottawa to Canada, to, you know, to the country, you know, to America as a whole. I feel like what we're doing is just setting the tone. That it doesn't matter where, when and where you come from, you know, it doesn't matter what part. You know, we're showing that Ottawa, we we have talent. We, whether it's athletically, you know, music, whatever you want to do, we, we got we got people that that's making noise. So that's that's dope. Yeah, there's always been a debate. You know, whether it's Vancouver, Winnipeg, you know, in Ontario, you know, London, Hamilton, not even Toronto, but like Mississauga, Brampton. But I think Ottawa's got it right now in terms of the high level guys and the and the number of guys. Talk to me about. The, the big game and how you see it playing out because what I love about uh, this matchup and what I'd appreciate um, you know you being able to speak on is both teams handle their business in the trenches pad level low uh, redictate the line of scrimmage you know whether it's you know the NCAA champions uh, in, in that final or the two teams in the Super Bowl like it's it's you know about big boy football what what, what do you expect to see? Um, in this Super Bowl matchup, especially given the, the style of play of, of these teams? Man, just like anything, man, it, it, that's the last dance, man. So I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be, you know, exciting. I mean, I'm expecting it to be intense. And, and, you know, I'm in the trenches, right? So what I'm looking for is to see what the what the front, what up front, you know, is looking like. So I'm excited to see the D linemen go at it. You know, I feel like it's going to be a, a very tough game. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It, Chiefs versus the Niners, uh, it's going to be one for the books. You know, obviously, again, bittersweet because, you know, would love 
for the opportunity to be a part of it. But exciting to see, just see those two teams compete, man. As this, you know, this, you're competing for that, that Lombardi trophy. There's a lot on the line, but I, I know those guys are preparing. But I'm just excited to see good football. You mentioned bittersweet. I imagine it would be, you know, somewhat tough to see the confetti coming down on another team. You know both both teams, a lot of the players well. You got a prediction. I'm, I'm kind of going for, I always like to go for the underdog. And I guess in this situation, it would be the Niners, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, versus, because, you know, Mahomes, playoff Mahomes is just different. <laughs> like, I, I always tell people, those, you know, you can't ever look at the Chiefs and look at Mahomes during the regular season. As long as he gets his foot in the door, you know, it's a different beast. But I think Brock Purdy, I've played against him, you know, since he was at Iowa State. And, again, you know, I'm sure he shocked a lot of people. And just seeing, you know, seeing him work and seeing the progress he's made, it's a different type of ball player. So I feel like when you guys you're going up against somebody who's been in that world, who's won in that world, you know, like my homes, but then you see somebody like Purdy, I feel like he has nothing to lose. Like he's already overcome every prediction, every doubt that everybody has had, and he's just rolling. So I, I think it's – I can't even <laughs> tell you who's who it. I think it's up for guys. It could be anybody. I could imagine, you know, as a, a D lineman, it, they'd be frustrating both of these QBs to play against because you want to get pressure, you want to rush the spot. You think you got home, and then you know they they escape out the back door and keep the chains moving. It, 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 when you look at them and their styles w- going into a game against both Q, what would be some of the keys uh, that you'd be cognizant of uh, to make sure that you get off the field on defense? You know, I, I think it's. When it, I feel like, you know, defense, when you're facing quarterbacks like that, I feel like it comes down to defense. You know, everybody has to be on the same page. You know, the, being on the same page, being fundamentally sound, and then making the most out of your shot when you get it. You know, those one thing about those quarterbacks, like, you know, they're, they're very smart. They're, they're more athletic than you think. They're stronger than you think. And, you know, they're, you know, those guys – the way they play, they got opportunities to change the game by any moment. I think it's those are those guys where if you're playing them, you, you got to play them down to the whistle. You know, you you got to you know lay a hat on them when you get a chance, and, and just stay in that stay in that pocket. I feel like you know, defensively, I feel like as a D line, everything starts up front. So it's gonna be up to whichever D line can make the most impact, make the most impact early, and, and be consistent because if. And D-line's playing fast and flying around. It usually opens up the playbook and opens up the door for the whole defense to, you know, to have success. No doubt. And lastly, before I let you go, uh, I I need your expertise on one last thing that people are excited about relative to the Super Bowl. That's halftime show. It's it's Usher Raymond. You know, halftime, you know, you've got your... Frank's red hot. You you got a little bit more poutine and some wings. You settle down to watch the halftime show. What's the Usher track that you're ready for? Are you you ballads? You these are my confessions. You lovers and friends. You more techno. Oh my god, right or yeah, right back in the club days. What's the Usher song that is, is going to have you geeked up right now? My vibe right now. Okay, and again, it's only because this is kind of okay. This vibe always comes through around the off season whatever, been on my my house, on my piano, you know, type vibe. So, yeah, the, 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 the oh, my God, you know, type vibe. I, I, I wanted to come out with some, you know, some bang. You know the type of tracks that'll make you want to really, you know, 
step up, get right. You know, the, the caught up. But then yes. you, you can sprinkle the you got it bad just to take us back. You know what I mean? You can take us back to the you remind me. You know what I mean? Like you can take us back to that. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, the oh my God, you know, the type of vibe. Like it's definitely the the more house, house type of vibe. But don't get me wrong, I'm Sucker for that R and B. The R and B always got a place in my heart, but it's a Super Bowl, man. I don't think nobody wants to hear about. I don't think people are looking. You know, they they'd rather hear that the, the hype. You know, be like, you know, that that love that love music. It's always solid. Just sprinkle us with it, but yeah, give us that hype music, man. Give us that Usher, you know, with the rollerblades and, and you know the pop locking and dropping Usher. Give us that Usher. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't know if people want to be slow dancing at Alliance Stadium. Uh, you know, on, on Sunday, uh, he's going to take us back for sure. I'm older than you. So he's taking me back to university. He's taking you back to like elementary school. Uh, but either way, either way, uh, enjoy it, man. I, I can't wait, uh, you know, to see you pop locking and dropping, you know, celebrating throughout Super Bowl week, you know, with your, your Frank's red hot and then seeing you do it maybe next year after a, a, a big sack or a, a big tackle for loss. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt, no doubt. Thanks again to Neville Gallimore, my fellow Yardie. Always love to see a Jamaican do great things. Ottawa should be proud of another great football player that they have produced. And if you want to give him a follow, at Path to Great Work is his handle on X. Okay, we will take the break. Speaking of football internationally, we're going to talk to veteran NFL reporter Richard Graves about the impact of the NFL playoffs and potentially Super Bowl, not just here in North America, but across the water in the UK. That's coming up on Going Deep. My name is Lucille Bryan. I'm Clifton Bryan. My grandson is a show. And I'm so happy that you are listening to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. I'm so glad that you had that show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grandma and Granddad. And quite is kept, when they moved to Canada, they had a pit stop in the UK, Manchester, where my mother was born. Where I have lots of friends and family. And I know that those friends and family will be watching the Super Bowl coming up next weekend because they love NFL football, not just the world's football, but our football as well. And someone who knows that very well is Richard Graves. You've probably seen him in Canada doing hits on the NFL network as he's covered the various international games that have happened across the pond in the UK. Just a great job. Graves on Gridiron is the podcast that you can find him on. And we are so lucky that he is joining our podcast to talk about the matchup and talk about the anticipation for this game with essentially a somewhat international team and brand in San Francisco 49ers and an international star in Patrick Mahomes with a global star, Taylor Swift, being one of the Chiefs' biggest fans. Let's go deep on the Super Bowl matchup with Richard Graves. So, Richard we're looking forward to a big Super Bowl matchup and you know, always love your, your coverage and your analysis when you, you get on with our, our friends at the NFL Network and, and Good Morning Football. And, you know, it, it feels like, you know, a 
an inevitable uh, matchup, a big matchup, certainly, you know, uh, across the pond here in, in Canada. But what's the general response to, to a rematch um, uh, from a couple years ago, uh, but ones with, with big names and a big brand in the Niners? What's the response to the matchup uh, in the U.K.? Well, the Niners and the Chiefs are both well-followed teams over here in the UK. Anyway, big fan bases travel well. Um, obviously, that matchup you refer to, Miami Super Bowl 54, it was a close matchup. The Niners had a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, and then we saw a little bit, bit of Mahomes magic to, to bring the Chiefs back into contention, ultimately win and lift the Lombardi Trophy um, in Miami. So it's an eagerly anticipated matchup. Look, whether you are for it or against it, there's no escaping it. The fact that you've got the Taylor Swift element with Travis Kelsey, that's also drawing in fans that know nothing about the game, but have already spoken to me this week and say, oh, yeah, we've heard about that guy that, that's seeing Taylor Swift and, and she's rooting for one of the teams, right? Um, so definitely there's a broader appeal, I think, than just your pure NFL fans coming into Super Bowl 58. It's in Las Vegas as well. The glitz and glamour that goes with the occasion. So, yeah, make no mistake, it'll be keenly watched and is certainly eagerly anticipated on this side of the pond. Well, certainly there's been a pushback to all things Taylor Swift and her uh, involvement. And it's somewhat become political in the United States of America. You know, in the UK, is there that same sense or uh, is it received differently? I think it's safe to say it's received a, a little bit differently. Um, the politics doesn't really enter into it as far as we're concerned um, over here in the, the UK. Certainly all the Swifties are, are interested because they want to know what's going on um, with, with an icon of, of music. Um, so, yeah, politics set away to one side. You've got your pure NFL fans that are just keen to see a great game. And then those music lovers that want to know why what one of the, the great names in music is suddenly interested in the National Football League. And what's all the fuss about? So, yeah, you're going to have a broader audience uh, for Super Bowl 58 than might usually be the case. You mentioned that game uh, in Miami between these two teams uh, a couple of years ago. You know, they get back to Super Bowl against each other, but they're very different, you know, both in you know personnel and people, but stylistically, you know, uh, how do you see this game playing out based off of where these franchises are relative to where they were, um, you know, in a matchup that was pre-pandemic? It was, it was so long ago. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a few ghosts to be laid to rest um, for the San Francisco 49ers, not least, of course, their head coach, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I was in Houston for Super Bowl 51 when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and they blew a record lead. Um, as Tom Brady and the Patriots came back to win that match in overtime. It wasn't to be on that occasion. So, yeah, make no mistake, from the 49ers' perspective, there, there's, a, I think, seven starters uh, returning from, from that team four years ago. For the Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, this is a different team. There is no Tyreek Hill. There hasn't been for a while. And, and this offense looks very different. They don't really have that deep, speedy um, play, play threat um, over the top. We've had a lot of drops for, for the offense this year. So you heard Patrick Mahomes uh, last weekend after the AFC Championship win admit as much, saying, look, we've had to change the way we, we approach this game, acknowledging that the defensive unit on this Chiefs team is probably the prominent unit um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And as long as, he does, as long as Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over, he knows they're going to be in 
every game. So philosophically, I think that the way the, the two teams approach this one in just over a week's time is going to be very different. I think also the 49ers, although it won't be spoken about publicly, I imagine, in their locker room, will be a little bit concerned about the way the defense has played in recent weeks. Remember, Baltimore ran them out of their own stadium um, just before the end of the regular season. And then in the two postseason games, they've played both the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions have been able to run the ball effectively on them. Well, you've got one Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs, who um, is a physical runner, he's a forceful runner. And if the, the opportunity presents itself, of course, Patrick Mahomes himself is very capable of making plays and moving the sticks with his legs. Well, you know, we saw that when the Chiefs certainly had a big win overseas uh, earlier in their matchup against Miami. And really, you know, the overseas games, uh, the success of them, I would argue dates back to their level of popularity specifically, you know, in the UK and England and London. We're, we're seeing them be expanded, seeing, you know, New Mexico is a, is a viable option, Brazil. I wonder a couple of things. One is could you foresee that no longer would you have to travel to the North America for a Super Bowl, but we could see a Super Bowl in the UK, a Super Bowl uh, at Wembley in the near future? It's something that is often spoken about, and even this season has been discussed over here in the UK. Honestly, as great as that would be for UK, European fans to see the NFL's premier showpiece be played over here, I think logistically it's very difficult to see um, how, how that happens, not least because of, of the time difference. To the East Coast, it's a, a five-hour time difference. Well, th this game would have to be played in the early hours of the morning to fit in with that American primetime audience if it was to work. That makes it tricky, not least because you've got restrictions around Wembley Stadium and when it can be used um, as well that would have to be navigated. Uh, I, and, you know, let, let's be honest. As I say, it's the NFL showpiece event. It's effectively a national holiday um, in, in North America. Can you imagine the uproar if the Super Bowl was to be moved overseas to somewhere that is five time zones, eight time zones, if you're talking about the, the Pacific coast as well. Uh, I, it, would be, look, it would be great from a UK perspective. I struggle to see how that happens. But as the NFL has already proved, never say never. If somebody wants it to happen badly enough, then they will find a way. But at this stage in time, I would be surprised. Well, and if someone uh, gives a compelling case as to why it is lucrative enough, uh, it'll happen. And uh, my last question is is actually about the host of the Super Bowl in Vegas, you know, a American destination that many people from the UK love to come to and holiday. So I'm, I'm certainly expecting lots of fans from the UK there for Super Bowl week. But, you know, it's not long ago that people would say sports in Las Vegas. There's no way too much gambling. Now, Las Vegas has become one of the sports hubs of the world with F1 and, and various uh, professional teams. Um, the fact that we've got an NFL team and a Super Bowl um, in Las Vegas, for you, someone who's who's covered, you know, sport uh, for quite some time, but have lived in a culture where, where betting has been um, acceptable for much longer than North America. Um, what do you make of Vegas as a sporting destination? Well, it's the showbiz capital of the world, isn't it? You know, for many, many years, they've staged major boxing fights. Um, and as you mentioned, at the back end of 2023, they staged an F1 race. It should come as no surprise that now they're the host venue for Super Bowl 
58. And again, it emphasizes the evolution of the National Football League. As you rightly touched upon just several years ago, there wasn't any gaming involved in, in the NFL. Well, that's changed. There wasn't an NFL franchise in Vegas. The Raiders moved over for, from Oakland to change all that. And now we've got the showpiece event uh, in February, the Super, Super Bowl itself in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a, a venue that is used to putting on major events, big time shows. And I don't think you'll see a drop off. It'll have all the glitz, the glamour, the drama, the excitement that we expect with the Super Bowl. And for Las Vegas itself, it's a chance to showcase what it can do as a venue, as a host city as well. So I'll be flying out there this coming Sunday, be there all week in the build up to Super Bowl 58. And I can assure you, for one, I cannot wait. Well, we can't wait for your coverage and we can't wait uh, to continue to follow you uh, via social media, via the podcast and via everything you're doing on TV. And personally, well, I can't wait. I, I need a Super Bowl. Uh, in the UK, maybe it's not London. Maybe we could maybe Old Trafford uh, once they renovate. Who knows where? And I, I think that Liverpool would be too small given hotels. So Anfield is probably out. But I I need an excuse uh, to, to well, come and see. Well, look, here, here's football. the thing. You mentioned Old Trafford, Manchester, Anfield, Liverpool. All these cities have shown an interest in staging a National Football League game over here in the UK. Um, the problem is logistics, transport connections, size of uh, venues as well. And the NFL seems to have settled now in, in London. Obviously, Wembley Stadium is being used as the, the UK home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has been specifically designed in the last five or six years with the National Football League in mind. It has a retractable surface that's wheeled out for, for NFL games. And the NFL has made a, a long-term commitment to staging two games a year there uh, as well. So the popularity without doubt in the UK is growing. But unfortunately, if you live in Manchester or, or Liverpool, London is the destination for, for the NFL for the foreseeable future. You didn't mention your beloved Sheffield United as a potential option either. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to wait for the club to grow a little bit for it to be in the conversation. But we love your conversation. Graves on Gridiron uh, is where we'll be listening to you uh, leading up and after the Super Bowl. Thank you so much, Richard. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. And just a word for next week, with it being the Super Bowl, we're going to do it bigger and better than we usually do. So ambitious throughout the week, we'll have a brand new pod dropping every day of the week leading up to Super Bowl 58. Um, instant reaction to all the talking points, all the drama that happens in the game itself. And it should be an absolute classic. Man, when you have an accent... Everything sounds smarter, and Richard is smart nonetheless, but love talking to him, hearing him, and envious that I don't sound like him. But I do follow him, as should you. At Richard Graves 1 is his handle on X. That's R-I-C-H-A-R-D-G-R-A-V-E-S-1. Again, you can follow his show, at Richard Graves TV is where you can find that. The podcast is Graves on gridiron and don't be too harsh in terms of his football love because in the other football he loves Sheffield United and I mean let's just say they've seen better days but we are going to see an amazing Super Bowl matchup we will continue to preview it for you right here on this podcast and in between weekdays 11 eastern on the Sportsnet radio network myself Matt Marchese will be breaking it down on the fan checkdown and make sure you check in the space sportsnet.ca after the Super Bowl, I'm actually going to be writing a piece breaking down Super Bowl commercials. So hit me up on X at Donovan Bennett. If you see a commercial that you like 
And also, as always, producer of this show, Charlie will be writing and previewing the Super Bowl matchup. He's done a great job predicting who the X factors will be as we've gotten to this point. I don't know if I'm assigning him work right now, but I fully expect him to be predicting some more X factors as we go to Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Enjoy. Talk to you soon.